Welcome to Abiding Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Monday Musings. And kind of to follow on from the last two um, episodes, one on the word and one on the spirit, I actually wanted to touch on a bit more on how we engage with God's word, specifically the Bible, how we can use it and how we can refresh ourselves in his word. Um, and this week, I just wanted to talk around two parts. Like, again, I think this is going to be two parts. The first part, I want to talk about reading the word and studying the word. Um, helpful tips and tools for both of those. And then also next week, I want to talk about singing and praying the word. So I want to start by talking about just the importance of reading God's word to start with, just not not studying it, not looking at it too deeply, just the effect of reading his word. And in Ephesians 5 and in John 17, 17, we read about these two moments where it talks about his word washing us and cleaning us. Um, Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word. And John 17.17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Both of those verses talk about the phrase sanctificate, like sanctifying and sanctification. I'll break that down in a second. But both talk about it being by his word, through his word, by the washing of his word. And what I love about this is there's an element of it being quite a passive action. That the mere act of picking up your Bible and reading it, not necessarily knowing what is happening and fully understanding it, but letting that wash over your spirit as you're reading it is as they as it puts it it sanctifies us and when we talk about sanctification it is the process of becoming more more holy in inverted commas that that we are made holy that we are made righteous in in a moment in the sight of god but the way that we live and the way that we walk out there's always more that we could be doing that we can look even more like jesus and that's kind of the sanctification process is in the eyes of God, we are already holy, we are already righteous. Because when God looks at us, he sees Jesus because of what Jesus did on the cross. But in our day-to-day lives, when we are walking out this Christian walk, it's why in Philippians, Paul writes about um, live in a manner worthy of Christ. And what that means is that there are going to be times when we're living and we're walking out a way that isn't worthy of him. And I just want to encourage you just to go away and read the word. Don't worry about knowing the context. Don't worry about understanding every word that you're reading. Let it just wash over you. Because although you may not remember everything, although not all of it will sink in, to the point where you'd be able to give Bible references or be able to teach on the verses you've read. Um, it was actually really interesting. I was reading uh, the other morning. I was, I'm still reading um, The Way of Life by Bill Johnson. And in it, he, um, he actually mentions about reading the word and the importance of reading the word. 
and often people are like, oh yeah, but I can't remember and it's not going in. And and he and the way he put it was, yeah, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast two weeks ago, but it still nourished me. So although you may not remember two weeks from now what you read in the Bible and what God was speaking to you about or if he was speaking to you at all in that in that time and if you're just letting it wash over your spirit, it's still nourishing you, even if it's not going in. There's a washing of it happening as it like eventually over time sinks in. Um so that's kind of point one of like just get into it and get reading. Um and one of the things I think that's important is pick a Bible translation you can read um, or that you find enjoyable to read because for study, it's different. If you're going to study the Bible, I think it's important to know your translations. And I'm going to touch on that in a moment. But Carl Lentz says it best. The best Bible translation is the one that you will actually read. There is no good having a Bible translation that is well revered by theologians if you can't bear to pick it up to read it. It's like the old King James Version is really difficult to read because it uses a lot of Old English. Yeah, some people absolutely love it, but if you feel daunted by the thought of picking it up, I would pick a different Bible translation. Find one that is easy for you to read. While we're on translations and as we're kind of veering towards the more in-depth study of the word, it's important to know the difference between Bible translations. And it kind of works on a spectrum. At one end, you have your paraphrase where they'll take either a verse or an entire section of the Bible and tell you the gist of what was being said. So... Translations that fall into that end of the category is like the message Bible where there are like verses chunked together and you get the gist of what those verses say, but you can't pinpoint which verse is which because it's not a kind of like word for word translation, which is the opposite end of the spectrum, which is your um, at the far end. You've got the interlinear, which is this Bible that has hebrew or greek with the direct translation word for word in english with a reference to a concordance which we'll talk about in a moment um but you've also got stuff like the esv the nrsv um what else falls up at that end um yeah but those kinds of translations and then in the middle the more fought for thought is kind of what the middle ground is it's the, ver- the the word for word, you can see that it, it sometimes, like the ESV can be kind of hard to read at times because it's the right words, but then re-jumbled to make sense for our grammar. Um, but you like if you take the NIV, it's easy to read and it gets the thought across verse by verse. It doesn't necessarily take chunks of the Bible and try and bring the thought across across the whole passage or paraphrase it to make sense today. It takes the relatively the right words and the right phrases and and brings them across a lot better. And in talking about that sort of translations, 
is, the reason for talking about it is if you're going to study a verse, a lot of the time I find myself, I get fixated on singular words. I'll be reading a passage and go, I wonder what that word really means. So in one of my earliest episodes, I talk about what it means to know Jesus. And I'm using the verse in Matthew 7 where he says, depart from me for I never knew you. And it's the same word knew in Matthew 7 as it is in Matthew 1 where it says that Joseph never knew Mary until Jesus was born. And it's and the reason I know it's the same word is because you can look up an interlinear Bible on Bible Hub, which is an amazing tool and useful website. But as you look up what what the verse is, like what the interlinear is, like the direct translation word for word, you can actually click on a little number and it'll take you to what is called a concordance, where it picks up every reference of that word and gives you a definition of that individual word in the context because the same maybe even like the same kind of the word same word in english in a different context means something different in the greek or the hebrew um so that's one super helpful tool for for the nitty-gritty word for like if you're really fixating on a word and wanting to understand what that word means um, but I've realized that I've jumped straight into talking about how we can study it in little nitty gritty bits, but the purpose for studying the word is, if you look at, um, it's in Timothy, I think it's second Timothy, it talks about how all the, all God's word, the Bible is, is God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, um, and for training in righteousness. And so it's so important that we get hold of what this word means because these are the words of life these are the words of god um i whenever i talk about the word i always like to think of a few key phrases that that kind of establish the importance of it in um in vatican in the vatican II, the catholic church decided that when the bible is read aloud in church it is god speaking it is it's on par with the audible voice of God coming into a room and going and saying what he has to say. But that is what, what they believe about the word being read. Um the pastor of my or yeah, the senior one of the senior leaders of my um local church also puts it like this that it is um the Bible is um is God's voice in print, that it is his words just on paper. And yeah, and I just love that element of really giving weight to the words of the Bible. And if we give it weight, why wouldn't we want to scour it and find the deeper meanings? We often read famous philosophers, we read all these different authors and we take their words as gold. But how much more gold is there in the living word in Hebrews in Hebrews, it talks about the the word of God being alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and pierce that will pierce between bone and marrow, between spirit and and soul, or between mind and spirit. And and it's so important that sometimes we forget to give weight to it. 
So not only can we gain from purely just reading it and being washed and being purified and being sanctified to be more and more like him in our more and more like Jesus in our daily walk but there is a depth of study that can come that will reveal more of who Jesus is to us as we read and I think the purpose of studying the Bible is to find Jesus in in Timothy Keller's book Preaching he pulls up a famous Charles Spurgeon quote which is just as every road in the UK will eventually lead you to London, every verse in the Bible will lead you to Jesus. And if we take that analogy for what it is, any road can get you to London. Some roads are a lot more direct. If you're on a motorway, it's quite a direct route to London. But if you're on like, if you're in your little cul-de-sac, you're thinking, how do I get, how does every road lead to London? Your road, your you will you can get to London, but it might be a bit more of a like a, a wiggly path that you have to take. There might be a little bit more direction finding and a bit more time needed to really find your route to London, and that's the same with various passages in in the Bible, especially the Old Testament. There are loads of prophecies that speak about him, but there's also things that we read. In, even in the law that can really point to Jesus. We, if you take the Day of Atonement, it's, this one's a little bit more direct, but if you look at the Day of Atonement and the two scapegoats, as and it's kind of where the phrase scapegoat comes from, you've got these two goats where one they whisper their sins to and send into the into the wilderness or to a, or to a demon, depending on how you take um, the word Azazel. Um, and then there's the other goat that is in the burnt offering that they burn for their for the the cleansing of their sins, and what I love about that image is what Jesus did. He did both. He was both the the goat or the lamb that was slaughtered. He was on a cross and he was slaughtered for our sins, but he was also the goat that disappeared because in I think it's in the Apostles' Creed we talk about. Jesus descending into hell for three days and that's the thing of like taking sin to where it belongs and leaving it there it is then in the resurrection that we know that there is a hope and that was a little bit of a tangent and I'm, I'm sorry but I'm not um, but that's just one example of that a couple of I'm just going to close with a couple tips for getting into Getting into studying the word, three key things that you need to do when studying the word. You need to pray. Pray when you start. Pray when you have questions. Because Holy Spirit can answer your questions as you're reading. It is The Bible is one of the only books where the author is always present. Or is the only book where the author is always present. And we can ask him questions. All we have to do is take the time out to ask. So don't neglect to pray and ask and speak to the Holy Spirit as you're reading the word. The, my second tip is context is so important. Understand the context of the time that the, the book was written, who it was written to, and what it may have meant to the original hearers of whatever you're reading at that time. Um, a, f a friend of mine, Luke Tanner, I, this was the first time I ever heard this quote, but he said, 
um, a text, um, if you take a text out of context, you're left with a con. That without context, you don't get the full image and you can be deceived, you can be... And it's again that thing of, like in a couple of weeks ago, in of talking about the coherency of scripture, we see that if we don't understand the context of a verse or understand it in the grand scheme of the Bible, we can really easily be deceived into believing something that isn't true. And you can easily build a theology on something that isn't true because you haven't grasped the context in which certain words were said or certain parables were taught. And the third one, and this one is really key, is understanding the difference between what is old covenant and what is new covenant. Um, because there are certain things that were fine in the old covenant because they were part of the teaching and the ways of the old covenant. And when I'm talking old covenant, I'm talking pre-Jesus most of the time. Most of the time, it's that's quite an easy distinction, is what, what do believers do after Jesus and what did they do before Jesus? But there are some things that link that are still okay even after Jesus. But it's important to get the distinction between what the old covenant was and the way that that looked and what the new covenant is and how that looks because there are some really key core values that are different. Some really some really intricate moments that are super different. And if you give me a second, I'm just going to find in my notes from during lockdown i wonder if i can find it quickly enough where i listened to a guy called um eric gilmore and he is incredible if you've got time i couldn't reckon recommend him anymore he is amazing he loves jesus so deeply and has a real like heart for seeing people grow in intimacy with with jesus um and he has this um he has a video up on YouTube. I'll link it in the description of the podcast um, called 20 Differences or 20, or 10, almost, yeah, 20 Differences Between the Old and the New Covenant. Um, and just to kind of like pick a couple. And so a, cu- a few of these are from, I think it's in First Corinthians, where um, the, um, the Old Covenant was based on letters. The New Covenant base is based on spirit. And that was to do with following the letter of the law versus following the spirit of the law. If you're following a letter, the letters of the law, you become like the Pharisees who followed every letter of what the law taught, but they missed the spirit of the law that was Jesus. They missed seeing who the fulfillment of the law was. They were too busy following everything to a T that they missed out on seeing the Messiah that had been prophesied right in front of their eyes. And I'm just going to leave that there as a little sneak peek into what he has to say um, and let you go and watch the rest of that video yourself because we're almost at the 20-minute mark. Um, But I hope that this podcast encourages you to go away and just read. Read his word because even that action will wash you and make you more pure and sanctify you in the ways of Jesus And my free tips for studying the Bible is to pray, make sure you have everything within context and get a good understanding of the old versus the new covenant. 
God bless you guys. I hope you all have an amazing week. Speak to you soon.